Now, we thought earlier about reasons to party. Do you remember? We asked you what kind of occasions we have parties, and we had wedding parties, we had birthday parties, we had housewarming or homewarming parties. Um, we sometimes have parties at the end of the school year. Um, I'm trying to think of other reasons. We have Christmas parties. We have parties for a new job. Endless reasons to party, aren't there? Psalm 98, the psalm we read together, gives us, I think, the ultimate reason to party. It's the reason that Christians, and forgive this phrase, should be party people. Um, I, when I say party people, it makes me think of politics, and it's not that kind of party. I mean kind of people of celebration and joy. Did anyone spot it in our psalm as you read it? <laughs> Some people go, um, I'll look back at my psalm. Look at verse 1. It was right there at the beginning of the psalm. Sing to the Lord a new song. That, by the way, is like I think the psalm is saying, put on the party playlist. Get the party started. Sing to the Lord a new song. Um, if you think about it, sometimes for big, big special occasions like the Queen's Jubilee that we've just had, they have a new song commissioned. I think I looked up, actually, for preparation of this uh, talk, and there were roughly one gazillion new songs created for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Lots and lots of a special occasion. So it says, sing to the Lord a new song, or my translation, get the party started. Why? What is the ultimate reason? It then says, for he has done marvelous things. God has done marvelous things. As we sang at the beginning of the service, God has done great things. And then it goes on, it says, his right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. So the ultimate reason to party, according to this psalm, is because God has done great things. Let's pause there. What does it mean for God to have done great things? What does it mean for God to have done great things. I think it might be helpful for us to think of these great things in two categories. Two categories. The first is great things. And the second is the great thing. Right? Great things and the great thing. So great things, God has done great things. That might be the kind of things you wrote down on your fish when you were giving thanks to God for something. It might be your family. He's created you and put you in a lovely family. It might be creation. We woke up on a beautiful morning this morning. And this psalm is all about God's creation. And that is one of the great things God has done. It might be some answer to prayer that you've had. It might be a healing miracle. It might be a particular word of encouragement. It might be really good friends. There are all sorts of good things and great things that God has done. And because of that, we should be party people. We should be giving thanks to him. We should be shouting for joy and all those kinds of things. But if you're here last week, hands up if you're here last week. <laughs> it now seems like a kind of like a roll call. Um, hands up if you weren't here. No. Um, if you were here last week, you know that we looked at a really sad psalm, Psalm 88. And we saw that because Jesus cried, it's okay for us to cry. And we saw that we live in a broken world and that sad things happen in a broken world. And sometimes, as Christians, we have sad things happen, and we pray and we ask God to do great things, and nothing happens. And we begin to wonder whether God still does great things, and it can be really, really hard. So what do we do then, if we're Christians, and we want to say God does great things, and then sometimes he doesn't seem to in my life right now, what do we do then? Well, that's when we come to the great thing, the great thing. You see, you could go through your entire life and never have God answer a prayer for a felt need, something you need right now. Now, 
wonderfully, he does answer those prayers often. You could, though, go through your whole life never having had God answer a prayer like that, and you could still do what this psalm says, which is sing a new song, shout for joy, clap your hands, dance in the eye. Why? Well, let's see how the psalm explains it. Look at verse 3 of our psalm. It says, God has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. What's all that about? Well, I think that verse is about Jesus. Ultimately, it's about Jesus. How did God remember his love to his people? How did he show his love to his people? Well, the New Testament tells us, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God showed his love to us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The great thing. God loved you enough to give himself for you. All the ends of the earth, the whole world, says this psalm, will see this salvation For God so loved the world, said Jesus in John 3, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That is the great thing that God has done. And that is why, however your life is going this morning, however many wonderful things God has done for you, or maybe you feel hasn't done for you recently, however your life is going, and also, may I say, however British you may be, however buttoned up you may be, however introverted you may be, however much you might hate parties, actual parties, because of actual people, we are still, as Christians, party people. Because, look look at the actions in verses 4 to 9 of our psalm. These are party actions. Did you spot them, the kind of verb words, the doing things? Shout for joy, make music to the Lord, blast the ram's horn. By the way, the ram's horn is the Old Testament raver's whistle. If you were ravers in the 80s and 90s, people wore luminous things and blew whistles really loudly for no particular good reason other than to kind of be excited. Um, That happens in the Old Testament too. The sea resounds, that you're clapping your hands, singing together for joy. These are party actions because of the great thing that God has done. So that's why a party feel to our church gatherings and our singing here together is appropriate. Maybe not all the time. Sadness is appropriate too. But a party feel is appropriate because the Lord has done great things and he's done the great thing. So that's the ultimate reason to party. Um, The best party that I've been to, maybe this is similar to yours. Um, The best party I've been to was a free one. I got to go free. The tickets were about 200 pounds. The budget for this party was over a million pounds. It was, it was the Trinity College Cambridge May Ball, and I got a free ticket. And it was the most ridiculous party I've ever been to. It had, it had every food and drink you could imagine, every kind of entertainment. It was, it was over the top, is kind of, of, yeah. It was absolutely amazing. Um, and probably, in many people's minds at least, it was, it was the ultimate party. Whatever you wanted was there. Um, the ultimate party. Um, maybe you've been to a party similar to that, where there was just endless cake, endless food and drink, whatever it might be. Well, our psalm this morning, in Psalm 98, we're back in there, page 603, if you want to have it in front of you, gives us some hints about another ultimate party. The ultimate party, the real ultimate party. Now, as we, had it, as we were reading that psalm to each other, I don't know if you noticed, you may have thought after verse 3, it went a bit strange. So the first three verses we thought about just now, and it was about the great things that God has done. And then, it, 
And then it starts talking about the mountains singing. Now, I don't know what Mount Everest sounds like if it sang. I imagine Mount Everest would have a terrific voice. But, but of course, it, it, we don't know because mountains don't sing and rivers don't clap their hands. That would frankly be a bit silly. Now, I know it's poetic language. It's poetic language, but why is it there? It's a little bit weird, perhaps. What is going on? Well, the psalmist is saying, the guy who wrote this is saying, that not only us humans, but also the whole of God's creation, the mountains, the rivers, the seas, the earth, the whole of God's creation should be getting excited and ready to party. Why? Because verse 9, this is interesting, God comes to judge the earth. He will judge the earth in righteousness, says the psalm. And we think, what a great psalm until verse 9, and then you burst our party bubble by talking about God's judgment. Isn't that a little bit of a kind of party pooper? Well, no, not according to this psalm. That is actually why we and the whole of creation should be excited, because God, it says, is going to judge the world in righteousness. That means, and this is wonderful, if you remember nothing else apart from this this morning, remember this. Because the God is going to come and judge the world in righteousness, that means all of the bad stuff, our bad stuff, the sin, the stuff we get wrong, all of the, the, the wrongdoing that other people do, the evil that there is in the world, all of the suffering that many of us have experienced, that suffering which comes with living in a broken world, all of the environmental catastrophes that we are worried about and perhaps have contributed to, all of that stuff, all of the bad stuff will be done away with and a new, restored, even better world will be remade by God. That is why the earth should sing. That is why the sea should resound, the rivers clap, the mountains sing for joy because it gives us a glimpse of the ultimate party, the new creation, which God is going to do. And actually, that new creation that this psalm is kind of hinting at, this world which God will make new when he comes to judge the world, is what we are invited to by Jesus. That is what we're invited into by Jesus. In fact, did you, do you remember when, uh, someone asked, um, when we were asking about, is there a party in the Bible? And someone said, didn't Jesus talk about a wedding at some point? Jesus told a parable when he was teaching about this, this new kingdom. And he described this new kingdom as a great wedding party. It was a great wedding party with a very strange guest list, if you remember. And we learn in that parable that the people invited, or the people rather that will be there, are not the, not the kind of rich, not the celebrities or the cool people or the clever people or the religious people. Who is it that will be there? It is simply those who come to Jesus knowing their need for him. It is those who lean entirely on Jesus for everything. And that means whether you're rich or poor, celebrity or no man, uh, really clever or not so clever, really religious or not very religious, well, actually, you are invited. It's all about your response to Jesus. Everyone is invited. So for us, two things to chew on this morning before we finish. Two things. First, and I hope you don't feel offended me asking, uh, asking you this in church. You know, we come to church must be, must be Christians. Well, it's good to just ask this question occasionally. I think this psalm, and it, as it points us to the new creation which Jesus invites us to, challenges us the morning to say, have, have I accepted Jesus' invitation? And that means, have I come to Jesus 
put my faith in him for his death in my place, asked him to be Lord of my life, have I done that? Um, when we do, we are promised forgiveness and life now and an eternal party in the new creation with him forever. It's the most wonderful thing. Everyone is invited. Second thing, as we come to a finish, question for you, is life hard now? Is life for you hard? Maybe you are all too aware of your own sin or suffering or both. Well, this morning, be encouraged that God, in fact, the Lord Jesus, will return to judge the world in righteousness, and he will make all things new. There will be a day, the Apostle John, in the end of the last book of the Bible, Revelation, chapter 21, says that there will be a day when God will wipe every tear in your eyes, where there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things will have passed away, and God will say, behold, I am making all things new. So if life is hard for you at the moment... Cling to Jesus in this world. Come to him for forgiveness. Let him be your anchor in the storm. Put your hand in his each day. Party when things are good and eagerly look forward to the ultimate party of the new creation, which is yours when you come to Jesus. Amen.